You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi, welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Salvani, Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your host. I'd like to welcome a very special guest this week, Dr. Karen London. Dr. London is a certified animal behaviorist whose clinical work focuses on the evaluation and treatment of serious behavioral problems in dogs. Dr. London is the co-author of many books, along with Dr. Patricia McConnell, who actually is going to be a guest of ours in early September. They recently completed a book entitled, Play Together, Stay Together, Happy and Healthy Ways to Play with Your Dog. Today, we'll be talking to Dr. London about play and behavior problems in dogs. Play can be incorporated into the treatment plans for many types of dog behavioral issues. Using play as part of the treatment plan makes it fun for both you as well as the dog. It can also be very effective because it is fun. So before we meet Dr. London, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick dog boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A B O N E dash to dash p-i-c-k dot com pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick a-b-o-n-e dash t-o dash p-i-c-k dot com get 10% off with coupon code petlife does your dog have problems walking with its back legs if so your dog is one of 58 million dogs that suffer with problems with its rear leg problems such as spinal myelopathy arthritis and hip dysplasia bottoms up leash helps your dog walk it's a rear support harness that has won numerous awards, such as Dog Fancy's Editor's Choice Award, as Product of the Year, and it's been featured on CBS and Good Morning America. Visit the website www.seniorpetsupplies.com. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatonic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, teacher's pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back. This is Pia Silvani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Dr. Karen London, who will be talking to us about the use of play as a means of resolving behavior problems in dogs. Thanks for joining us, Karen. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure. Right. How is the weather out there uh, in Arizona? Arizona. It's sunny. It's Arizona. It's sunny. Wonderful. Wonderful. I know uh, both of you, this is one of our favorite topics to talk about, play. And I'm really looking forward to, to your new book. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was really a labor of love and a little blood, sweat, and tears. But I think that it will really help people learn about play and how to play with their dogs, and very importantly, how not to play with their dogs, because that can cause problems. And I really think that will be a great book for people to have on their shelves. How did you get interested in canine play? Well, I got interested in canine play actually from my specialty training, which is as an aggression specialist. Uh, That's what I was originally trained to do in seeing uh, problems with dogs. And I found over and over and over again that aggression had uh, a component of play in it a lot of times. Play was a factor in the aggression, or play and aggression were misdiagnosed. I, I began to feel as though whenever anyone said to me, oh, well, that's just how he plays, I don't know why the other dog owners don't like it, I often felt like there was an aggression problem. And I really came to feel that if I didn't learn more about play, I would never understand aggression to the degree that I wanted to. Well, that's very interesting because I think the average person never even thinks of the two as being linked together. So are you, are you saying that they are linked? I think they are. I think they have a lot in common, and there's a few reasons for that. Uh, one is that a lot of the behavior patterns that dogs use in play, or any animal uses in play for that matter, come from other aspects of behavior, uh, like fighting and like predation, even courtship. So obviously any behaviors that come from fighting that are used in play, in a, even in a playful context, have the potential to be misunderstood by other animals. That can sometimes lead to an aggression uh, incident in play. Another thing is that um, arousal is such a big part of play, and a certain amount of arousal is good. That's the fun, uninhibited, exciting aspect of play. But when things get too revved up and too aroused, that can often lead to aggression because arousal is such a huge factor in so many cases in aggression. Yeah, interesting. And we probably see that a lot um, in in dog parks or when dogs are playing together, where all of a sudden they seem to be playing real well. And the next thing we hear is lots of vocalization going on. Right. You're absolutely right. Things can go from play to aggression, really in the blink of an eye. Lots of times there are a lot of warning signs, um, but lots of times it does happen very suddenly. And it does seem as though you mentioned dog parks. Sometimes dog parks are just too arousing uh, for dogs. There's too many dogs. It's not actually, dogs don't tend to play in these great big dog pile groups. Usually just two dogs play together. Or if there's more dogs and they're doing things that are playful, they're actually going for walks and moving around together. They're not in some big wrestling swirl, which seems to be promoted at dog parks sometimes. Yeah, but it's sort of like, I guess, uh, the uh, the Sunday afternoon football games. <laughs> When you said that sometimes there are warnings, can you give our audience some examples so they know what to look for? Oh, definitely. Well, the number one warning sign is that one or more dogs does not seem to want to be participating anymore. Um, Usually the person that knows the dog the best can see this best of all. 
but the dog is backing off in any way. They're moving away. They're trying to hide. They're cowering. They're yelping. Any sign that one dog is not a willing participant anymore. Another sign is that I just say that they're suddenly getting to be more. Dogs are doing more types of behavior. They used to be running, and now they're also leaping. Uh, they used to be growling, and now they're growling more. Their barks are getting faster. They're leaping higher. They're um, spinning. Um, they're, uh, anything that's sort of more than what you usually see can be a sign of excessive arousal that's leading to aggression. Also, if the dogs don't seem to be pausing at all, in normal play, dogs pause either to give play bows or other play signals or just a brief little half-second pause just to calm things down. And if there are no pauses, that can often be a sign of trouble. But there's one type of sort of stop or pause that's not a good thing, and that is if one dog suddenly goes still and stiff. If you ever show videos of a dog going still and stiff to, say, a group of dog trainers, you can hear this <laughs> gasp from 100 people at once. They all recognize that that's stillness means that aggression could be about to happen. Perfect, perfect. I think those are really clear signals for the average person to be able to see um, if they take their dogs um, to a dog park or allow them to interact with dogs. So what sorts of behavior problems can be treated using play? Well, a whole bunch of different ones uh, can be used. And I would say anyone that involves a lot of activity or a lot of arousal is a good bet. So inappropriate chasing, the kind of thing like, a dog chasing after a bicycle or chasing after cars, chasing after runners. I actually have this problem with my dog. He started to chase after the school bus in the small town that I was living in, which you can imagine being the behaviors in town was a little embarrassing. (laughs) Well, it didn't make me look too professional until I got it under control. But you can use play. You can teach a dog to chase a toy instead of the school bus, so you redirect that behavior to something else. Um, Inappropriate chasing is a really common uh, way, a thing that can be treated with play. Another great possibility is that very um, sort of friendly, exuberant, and yet obnoxious greeting of visitors and jumping up at the door. Play can be used to treat that. Um, The opposite of that, actually, dogs that are very afraid of strangers or visitors can sometimes be um, aided in that and have their fear helped uh, with play. Uh, Thunderstorm phobia is is an option for uh, for play to help, Um, barking at people going by. So a variety of things. Yeah, there are a lot. I would say that almost any category of problem behavior has a possibility of play being used, at least as a part of the treatment. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, And why do you like to use play to treat aggression, for example? Well, the number one reason is that it's effective. I mean, I have people that come to me um, as clients, and they've got a serious problem on their hands, and my first priority is to be able to help them. So it's effective. And I find that one of the reasons that it's effective is that my clients are often better at following a plan that involves play. It's one thing to come up with a plan. It's another thing to come up with a plan that people can reasonably incorporate into their life. So I think play is really uh, great with that. And then also play actually changes dogs' emotions. There are a lot of ways to change dogs' behavior, but to really get at the root of the problem, changing their emotion helps so much. And getting them into a playful mood so often stops the behavior problem without even actually teaching them something very specific that that could take lots and lots of time to train them to do. I guess sometimes I know with my clients too, and maybe you you probably have heard this many times, is my dog doesn't play. He doesn't know how to play. What would be your answer to that? Well, I I would certainly think that there's a huge variety, and there are some dogs who play excessively. All they want to do is play, and there are some that it's harder. There are some dogs that are 
not that playful. But the vast majority of dogs that aren't playful can be taught to play. And the number one thing that I would try to encourage people to do if their dogs don't play is to try to get their dog involved in chase games. There are a lot of dogs that aren't interested in toys and maybe fetch and tug in the very specific games, but the vast majority of dogs love to run and chase, and it's the best game ever. You don't need any equipment. You don't have to run far. You don't have to be a runner to do it. And a lot of dogs that that normally don't seem to be interested in typical play games can be taught to chase and have a lot of fun with it. And one of the best things about that, both for just the dog in general and also for the problem, is that the, um, the quality of life for the dog can go up and their relationship with the person can be improved so much just by introducing some kind of play into their relationship. Great, great. So what do you want people to know most about canine play? Well, what I want people to know most about canine play, I think, is that it is probably the, one of the amazing things that humans and dogs have in common. Humans and dogs are really unusual in the whole animal world in that we play as adults. Most animals don't play, and of the few that do, most only play when they're young. And one of the major factors that makes our relationship, which is a biological miracle, so amazing is that we both play into adulthood. So it's a huge part of who your dog is and a huge part of who humans are as a species. It's something we share. And so I think it's always good to incorporate more play into our lives with dogs and our relationships with them. And that's the number one thing I'd like them to know. And I think it makes us feel good, too, doesn't it? Well, it makes me feel good, and I think it makes me feel good. The days that I think that people feel bad are the days that they're running around doing all the things they need to do, like mow their lawn and do their grocery shopping and pay their bills. And at the end of the day, they think, did I do anything fun today? I have very few days like that, but the days I do, I really don't like. So I think that play is similar for our dogs and for us. It's really sort of the stuff of life. I agree. I definitely agree. Well, how can people learn more about canine play? Well, um, one thing that's really exciting in the field of dog training right now is that Play is a huge topic right now. It's sort of everywhere. There are lots of conferences and seminars that emphasize it. Um, There's our new book coming out. If you just search canine play on the web, you're going to find a lot of exciting things. And there are a lot of books out there, things like, uh, you know, 50 ways to, to play with your dog or, you know, 101 tricks you can do with your dog. There are so many books out there right now. That, um, that just talk about interacting with your dog in a playful way. And I think that's exciting. Yeah. So is there research uh, being done right now on any specific types of play? Yes, there is. Um, there's been a lot of research just in the past five or six years, which is, an exciting, which is exciting in and of itself because so, for so long play wasn't considered very um, important scientifically. It was sort of considered frivolous and silly and hard to study. But just in the last few years, there's been a lot of research about the fact that um, dogs and humans can play signal to each other, that we are perfectly capable of sending a signal to our dogs that, that says that we want to play, and that they can understand that. And also, um, there's a lot of, uh, there was a new study that came out last year um, by Erica Bauer and Barbara Smut about uh, the fact that dogs playing don't actually have to switch roles. They're, for a long time, everyone said, oh, they have to switch roles. If one, per- one dog's chasing, then the other one should chase next. And they found that dogs could maintain a playful atmosphere even without that kind of switching. And that was perfectly okay. Very interesting. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you playing with, uh, not you, Karen, but (laughs) the audience playing with their dog. So it's it's dog-human interaction. So we'll continue on. Hang on for a second. We're just going to pause momentarily to listen to a message from our sponsors. Don't go away. 
Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September 28th, at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to LouisvillePetExpo.com. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention, there may be a quiz later. Welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvana, your host, and joining us is Dr. Karen London, talking to us about using play as a means of fixing behavior problems. Hi, Karen. Welcome back. Great to be back again. A few questions here. Uh, is doggy daycare, so many people now, I know, especially in on the East Coast here, are taking their dogs to doggy daycare. Is this a good thing since um, it can really give dogs an opportunity to play with their so-called friends? Well, this is a really mixed bag, and um, it's a great way to uh, start a controversy discussing um, doggy daycare. And what I will say about it is that if there's a very few dogs and quite a lot of people who are very knowledgeable about 
dog behavior and visual signals and signs of trouble, then it can be a good thing because it can help dogs, for example, who have separation anxiety and can't be left at home or who just have so much energy that their owners, for some reason, don't have time to run 50 miles with them each day. But for a lot of dogs and at a lot of centers where there's, you know, 50 dogs and three people watching them, which is not enough people in my opinion, I think that for the dogs, it's like a barroom brawl all day long. And I think it's completely overwhelming. And yes, they come home tired, and I think people like that. But I think sometimes they come home tired because they're emotionally drained from being frightened and overwhelmed all day. So I think there are a lot of concerns about doggy daycare, but a few well-run ones for just the right social dogs can be okay. So is there anything, if people are thinking about taking their dog to a doggy daycare, or maybe they already are, are there things that they should be looking out for? Maybe are there questions that they should ask? What is your recommendation? Well, I think that first they should go and observe. They should see if they're allowed to observe. I would never take any dog anywhere where they say, oh, you're not allowed to go back where the dogs are. Number one red flag, just that you just can't take your dog there, because who knows what's happening? They don't want you to see, and there might be a reason. The other thing is that you want to find out what kind of um, supervision they have and what kind of training those people have. And you also want to find out if they give the dog breaks. Even dogs that love lots of energy and lots of exercise, you definitely want them to have a break during the day where they're, you know, put in a crate or just um, resting on a pad away from other dogs. Great, great, great information. So at least they'll give our audience something to look for. So they're, I guess it's really similar when you think about it. If you drop your child off at daycare, you're not going to just drop them off without at least looking into the environment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great analogy because I think people are very careful about where they take their children as well they should be. But I don't think people understand that just like you want specialized daycare for your children, people that are qualified, people that are CPR and first aid certified and have a home that's safe, you want that same kind of care for your dog. A lot of people are good with dogs or they love dogs, but that alone does not qualify them to take care of a group of dogs all day where anything could happen. Yeah, great, great, great point. We're seeing this so much um, in our area as well, too. And all, probably across the country, I've talked to many trainers where people just want their leaving corporate America to have a better life. And they decide to just open up a, a daycare facility because they like to be with dogs, but there's so much more involved. Absolutely. And if the person that opens the daycare and you're talking to them and they say something, well, I did this just because I love dogs so much, well, that's a great start, but that, that is so just the beginning of what it takes to, to run a daycare or any other dog business. Sure. Real popular question, and I get this all the time, and I know I have my opinion on it. And people, I have to say, I probably get this question at least five times a week from people. And it's from all the literature that they're reading or things on the web. But are you in favor of playing tug with dogs? And if so, why? Oh, yeah, it's a great question. And I get that question all the time, too. And um, my answer is I think tug is a great game for dogs. It's not for every dog. But I do think it's a, it's a great game for dogs. And I think that a lot of the sort of brouhaha about it is that for so long people felt that teaching dogs to use the full strength of their mouth and jaws to take something away from a person uh, was teaching them all the wrong kind of things, teaching them to fight with the owner or be aggressive or be dominant. But I think that it's a playful game. It's what dogs naturally do. And I want to be a part of my dog's lives, so that's what I do. I also think there's been a lot of issues about, well, what if the dog wins if they end up with a toy? But for the most part, when the dog wins or ends up with a toy, the game's over. 
So I'm not really sure they've won that much. Um, although there is a recent study that says that dogs that win at tug, they don't feel like they're important or feel higher in status, but some dogs will get more pushy about trying to demand play. So that's something to think about. I think for dogs who already have aggression issues or dogs who are so prone to arousal that they get completely out of control with tug, they can't play it until they learn better. But I, I do like the game of tug very much for dogs, as long as they know how to play it correctly. Great. Yeah. And I, I know myself, I'm all for tug. We actually teach tug here at St. Newberts in our puppy classes very early on. And our three rules are, number one, you must not take the toy until you're told to take it. Number two, you must relinquish it when I say. And number three, no accidental misses. My body and my clothing are not part of the tug game. <laughs> right. Well, it is a good thing to know. And I think it's so great to teach it to young puppies because, first of all, it teaches them how to play tug correctly so they can participate in this great, wonderful, healthy, just wonderful game all their lives. And also, I think teaching them to play tug as puppies does more than just teach them how to play tug. It teaches them you know, bite inhibition and emotional control and just the idea that games have rules. So I, I love it that you teach it in your puppy classes. I think that's great. Great. And another form, and I just actually um, just was talking to a client a half hour ago, and uh, he wrestles a lot with his dog. He loves to wrestle with his dog. So what, what are you in favor of play wrestling between people and dogs? Oh, this is where I have to sound like the play police, which I, I don't like. To <laughs> um, and I, and I, I really do have to say that my suggestion that people not wrestle play with their dogs comes with an apology to, to all the men of the world, uh, all the guys. And I love guys, especially my own guy. But um, it seems that, and this is not, it just, you know, men and women tend to play differently, just like all primate species. Uh, within all of them, men and, uh, males and females play differently. In fact, field biologists can often recognize males in the field when they can't sex them very, you know, with, with DNA by how they play. Rough and tumble wrestle play is sort of 95% guaranteed you're looking at a male. And the reason I don't like it, and I know that it's fun, and I know there are a lot of dogs and a lot of people that have fun with it, but the reason I don't like it is that it so often leads to trouble. And maybe not with you, maybe not the guy that's playing with the dog, but the five-year-old down the street or the wife who then can't walk the dog. Dogs tend to get so aroused, it tends to make them mouthy, it tends to make them turn and use their head in a head-butting or mouthing way anytime a, a hand gets near them, and it teaches them that they don't have to be respectful of people's bodies, and they do tend to carry that message away from just that one person. And so I've had so many clients, nice dogs and nice people, who've gotten into trouble with this. So I, I actually recommend against any kind of rough-and-tumble wrestle play. So if a client came to you and said, I, I really enjoy this and my dog loves it, can you give me then an alternative that's similar to it maybe, uh, but so I can still interact with my dog? Well, any other game is going to be a way to interact with them. I think tug is often a great substitute for it because it allows that really sort of rough but playful movement without physical contact. Any kind of uh, chasing game, I think, is really great. I think a lot of what a lot of people get out of the rough and tumble wrestle play is the very um, the, the the huge energetic expenditure. But what I would say is that you want to separate that physical contact and the exuberance of play. So play games that are just as energetic as rough and tumble wrestle play, like tug, like fetch, like chase, um, like having your dog follow you, it, no matter what kind of pattern you move in, and then put your physical relationship in a different context. You know, learn. T-touch, Tellington touch, which is a great massage method for, and seems to make dogs really so relaxed and so happy, or massaging your dog or petting your dog or grooming your dog. So I would say you can have both parts of what rough and tumble wrestle play get. 
you, but separate the touch part from the play part. Okay, very good. That might be a difficult one to convince people of, <laughs> but oh, I'll agree with I, you. <laughs> I agree. And when, when I, I totally agree. And when I talk to clients about this, I, I really do feel sort of apologetic because I know people are having so much fun with it. And what I feel like I can do is tell them why I say what I say and, and hope that they'll be interested in some other interactions. But you're absolutely right. I, I sometimes have to give people, hopefully in a nice way, bad news or, or you know, difficult ideas for things to try. And this is the hardest sell I ever have. There's no doubt about it. I agree. I agree. Lastly, do you have any favorite dog toys? Well, of course, I love the Kong. I really feel like the Kong was a, was a revolution. Um, I really, really love it because it teaches a lot of dogs who aren't really that interested in toys to, to be interested in objects because there's food inside it. I love any braided uh, tug toys that are at least two feet long. And I'm really liking a lot of the new toys from Planet Dog because they have them rated for how intense a chewing situation they can handle. And um, a lot of them are made of recyclable materials, which I really like. One quick question, because that brings me when you talked about having a favorite toy. Um, I know I always separate chew toys from play toys. I see them as entirely different things. How about you? Yeah, I do too. Um, although there are some, there, you know, there's a little gray area, like some dogs chew on things that, that, can, that are also their, their toys that they like to play with, which granted is not ideal. But yeah, I think of toys as interactive. For the most part, Toys are things that dogs use to play with other dogs or more often with people. And chew toys are something that they use when they're in a calm situation and they're chewing. You know, I'll give a dog a chew toy when I'm having company and I don't want the dog to be bothering anyone. When um, I need to get a lot of work done, I don't have time to play with the dog. Or certainly if if it's raining outside or snowing. So it's more like an individual occupying kind of situation. So I think it's great to keep them separate. Great, great. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd like to thank Dr. Karen London for joining us. Her books are perfect since they're very short, they're concise, and they're real easy to follow. Where can our audience purchase your books, Karen? Um, They can get them at patriciamcconnell.com. And can you spell that? Um, Yes. Yes. I thought I could. (laughs) Really, really, I'm not really that good at spelling out loud, but you can get them at P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-M-C-C-O-N-N-E-L-L dot com. Okay, and the new book is entitled? It's Play Together, Stay Together, Happy and Healthy Ways to Play with Your Dog. Wonderful, wonderful. And they are. They're terrific. They're great little books. They're great little resource books. Before we end, as you know, this is a little note to my audience that is coming on. I recently took over being host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. And we have a new format starting up after Dr. London's lecture. What we're going to do is we're going to do every other week of we're going to do a week of behavior. And then the next week, we're going to do live training sessions. So next week, get ready to have some fun. What you're going to need, you're going to need your dog. You're going to need a tug toy because we're going to talk about tug. And you're going to need some yummy treats as well. So it'll be lots of fun. And I think you'll enjoy the sessions. But I'd like to give a special thanks to our producers for making this show happen. If you'd like a transcript of the show or any of the shows at Pet Life Radio Network, please go to PetLifeRadio.com and click on Teacher's Pet. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or you have any ideas, maybe from past interviews that I've done or something you want to hear about, please feel free to email me at p 
Pia, P-I-A, at PetLifeRadio.com. So until next time, this is Pia signing off. Thank you, Karen, and thank you for your interest in Pet Life Radio. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>